Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. What up, Dan? What's going on, man? You know, trying to clean up a mess I made right before we started. Make yeah. sure my computer doesn't catch on fire. Well, yeah. I like the I like the Trash Panda shirt, by the way. That's such a Oh, yeah. I heard his name for the first time today. I didn't know what they had named him. Uh, they called him Sprocket. Like space rocket, I'm yeah, assuming that's about yeah. it. For anybody that's listening, don't know what we're talking about. I live in uh, towards Huntsville. Our baseball team is the Rocket City Trash Pandas. So I'm wearing a shirt of a raccoon in a trash can running around. So shout out Josh Eldridge. We miss you, Trash Panda. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, what, what what you been up to this week? Anything new? Crazy? I got in a bass boat again. That was oh. odd. And it actually wasn't even conventional bass boat. It was actually a crappie boat, and it was a stick steer boat that you drive from the front. So it was weird. But it's like the kayaker's boat in the fact that it's aluminum. And, like, we just ran that bad boy up all the creeks we kayak fish. And when you run out of water, you can float. We just shoved it in the bank and then went wading. It was awesome. I had a great time. We were out there with all the elites on Pickwick, kind of. We saw a lot of the elites on Pickwick. But, uh. We, we averaged up what we caught, and we would have done all right fishing shallow. We would have, on day, that was day two, we would have probably been, like, middle to bottom of the pack. So, not too bad. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll talk to these guys, but it's still kind of in between where they're not all the way deep. They're kind of that in-between stuff, but still a lot you can catch on the bank and shallow. So. You know, uh, John Cox did John Cox things and yeah. went up to Bay Springs and caught them shallow all week. That's right. He had, it was cool to see all the other pros with you know 30 rods on the deck and he had three two spinning reels and one bait caster my that he's the guy that gives me faith to stop fucking around with all this deep water stuff i don't know and just fish shallow because the dude can just make it work like they were making jokes like he probably doesn't know what live scope is and i was like i should be i could be that guy hmm. well uh that's not what we're here to talk about even though we probably could talk about it all day uh but 
we've got uh, a couple of great guests in the background with us. We are covering the Hobie BOS on Chickamauga on top of all the other events that were going on in Chickamauga at the same time. But without further ado, we've got the winner, Justin, or I think I got it right. Justin won, right? Yeah. Before I say it wrong. Yeah, I thought so. Justin Patrick as the winner and second place, Ethan Jett. What's going on, guys? Hey, guys. And we, hey guys. We, we also invited on Christine, but she had some uh, conflicting stuff on Monday and Tuesday where we, we couldn't get her on. We have to have the, the show in by Tuesday night. So we'll, we'll have her on again for too long. Cool. But yeah, th- thank you all for being on the show. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us. I, I was pretty sure you won, Justin, because I knew that you put out like a ridiculous number. But I remember seeing a post about like last minute upsets, and I could not remember if that was from this event, and I just missed it. But because I, I try not to listen to the KBN show, so that like what we do is natural with you, like any guests we have yeah. that we double up on. So I literally don't listen to it just to, so this is all fresh. But but at first, I, I wasn't sure if you were uh, confused with the name because a lot of people just call me Patrick. I got, you know, the two first names. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know. I was just like, I didn't want to, like, open that wound if maybe Ethan had squeaked around you and I just missed it. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Let me read it real quick. So There was no squeaking around him. Nope. I didn't think so. I remember when I checked the standings, the I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, here, we'll, we'll go ahead and go over the numbers on uh, day one. Uh, Justin let it wire to wire justin with 97 and a half and um ethan you were down in ninth with 89 and a quarter adam riser in third with 92 and a quarter christine 91 and three quarter and then day two justin again biggest bag of the tournament 102 75 which is crazy uh second place jimmy davis 93 and three quarter matt ball in third 92 and three quarter ethan you were in six you had two great days and then total uh, Justin first with 200 and, and uh, a quarter. Ethan, oh 180, 180 and a half. Christine with 179 and a quarter. Josh Stewart in third, fourth with 178 and a half. And you and put Matt a whole Ball. fish distance on those yeah. guys. That's sick. Matt Ball with 176 and a half. And, and uh, my, my teammate Jordan with 176.25. So, yeah, great, great numbers. And it, it looks like a lot of people caught fish too. It wasn't, a, wasn't one of those deals where – you know, like half the field caught zero. A, a lot of people caught them. I mean, uh, well, I yeah. say that. <laughs> I say that, but then I look halfway up at 100 was, or at 100 was 113 and three quarters. So it was, it was I guess it was in between based on other tournaments. Some tournaments like really feast or famine. This one was okay. Man, this was a classic. This was a classic TVA tournament. Either yeah. live or die on a ledge, yeah. or you can go shallow. So, and there there were some guys that caught some some really good fish up shallow too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had, I had <laughs> some buddies that all week. I had some buddies that fished the. There were multiple other events going on during all that uh, one day events that hammered them on in shallow the first day and are kicking themselves for not. Even, you know, I mean, obviously you, it was, it's hard to get in because of the sellout and then the waiting list and all that, but they never even tried. And, yeah, you know, Chickamauga is one of those lakes that you're always like a couple of casts away from being on the fish like Justin was. So, well, yeah. Ethan, we'll start with you, man. I've never been on. Tell everybody who you are. I say I'm Ethan Jett. I'm 24. I live in Lewisburg, Tennessee. And, um, I've been, this is my first year fishing Hobie. Um, I've, 
fished two events so far, and this is my first time ever finishing in the money in the Hobie event. I just started my whole game plan leading into it was to fish shallow, live or die, shallow bite. And uh, I know I know most people was going to be fishing deep on the ledges, TVA in June. You got to think ledge fishing. <laughs> and I knew all the boat traffic. And um, so I was like, go shallow. And uh, I was really fortunate to have a place that held big fish both days. I called it my first fish on day one was a 22 and a half stud of a fish. And See, for me, that's movie. usually when I know it goes downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, bam, gone. And then it's it's yeah. just. And, and where, where are you at? Are you at a paddle shop? I'm actually at Rogue Fishing. This is my work. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, you work with Mark? Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Well, if Mark's still there, hi, Mark. Uh, he's already left for the day. Lazy oh. bastard. Well, yeah. There's a good plug. Tether, tie your shit up so you won't lose it. What? Isn't that what Josh Smith used to say? Yeah. 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 Well, I forgot uh, about that, too. Before, I don't tie anything down. Oh, dude, I've lost a phone, man. You, you, yeah. if, if you're one of those people who haven't lost one yet, get a tether rogue or whoever you want i mean i, I lost one and found it and still right. haven't started tethering it because i'm stupid <laughs> see now now that you said that dan I, I i gotta go get one that's like you know the calling sign like you better go get one now or the next tournament you're gonna lose your phone it's it's gonna happen a bit you know it's just one of those things like I, I i was so good about it for years i went without using one and everybody oh a tether and i'm like i don't want this deal on me but then one time i like set it on my board for some reason, like under my seat, and then I pulled out the board, and uh, the phone was on it, and went out. And yeah, oh, man. when I Just lost mine, I had my tether, money. like my tether was attached, and I had popped it out because I was literally coming to the bank. And I was standing up in my kayak and I hit a freaking submerged rock and it just like ejected me out. And I landed like halfway in the water, halfway on the bank with my pocket open on my PFD. And when I got to my truck, and I was like, uh oh. Underwater for an hour and a half before I found it. Still have the same phone. Still works perfectly. Go iPhone. Yeah. Well, anyway. I, will, I will literally check the depth sometime to say, yeah, I could swim that deep. You know, I need to. <laughs> it's cool. I'll just get out. Yeah. Well, Justin, the boat might be down the river, but tell everybody who you are, man. Yeah, man. So Justin Patrick from uh, Memphis, Tennessee area, West Tennessee, and uh, you know. Uh, Got started in kayak fishing about seven years ago, grassroots level, fished my whole life, mostly bank fishing. Honestly, getting into kayak fishing was really my first time getting in a, in a boat and getting off the bank. Um, just didn't kind of grow up in that fishing family per se. Yeah. So <clears throat> this was, um, this was, yeah, it's been an adventure, man. I've, I've always loved, uh, loved adventure. Kayak fishing, man, just takes you all kinds of crazy places and stuff. Uh, like, you know, flooded ramps in the back of Sam Rayburn somewhere, you know, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's awesome, man. I love the sport. I, I've just had a ball doing it. Um, it just being in these little tiny boats, something about it just kind of takes me back to my youth. Uh, I'm 35, so I'm not, you know, too old yet, but you know, the bones are starting to hurt a little bit here and there, yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, man, uh, just love it. Love what, uh, what, what, what clubs do y'all fish with in Tennessee? Uh, so they got the whole cast organization, um, yeah. kayak angler society of Tennessee. And, uh, the one I fish with is West Tennessee bass yackers. And, uh, Ethan, you, you got one I out fish. that way you fish with too. Yes, sir. I fish with, um, kayak bass fishing, Tennessee. 
KBF team, good club. Yeah. There's like, what, 11 clubs in Tennessee? There's 12 yeah. in the cast. Y'all are, yeah. are blessed with a great organization there. Man, they they do it really good. Uh, past few years, Steve and uh, Daniel, yeah. man, they've, they've put on a heck of a show. Well, each each year it's designated to a different club to put on the state championship. But, man, every time you get together, everybody knows each other, you're all, you know, all shaking hands, telling stories and stuff. It's, it's a good time. Is that the Iron Man deal or is that TVKA? And, and it, it must be them. They, their championship is like a two-day, 48-hour deal where you can fish any part of I always thought that was the coolest tournament. I mean, my wife wouldn't. It'd be tough for me to go all weekend. I'm so hardcore. I'd be out there 20 hours a day. But, <laughs> yeah, I always thought that tournament was like whoever wins that really, really earns it, you know. That's I feel like it gives a big advantage. Yeah, it gives a big advantage to the night fishermen. Because I don't yeah. – that time of year from like now until – state championships time night fishing is just yeah. i don't even care about the moon face half of it night fishing is just way more productive now with with cast though it what's what's cool is they uh you fish the morning time so from the 6 to two thirty on what is it friday i think and then saturday you fish the evening uh, so oh. you get, your lines in is like 11 10 or 11 and you fish to like seven or eight uh, and then you have the award ceremony on Sunday. So you, you kind of get, you know, a little bit of best of both worlds, you know, the morning yeah. bite, evening bite. So it, it creates a, a, a new set of challenges, you know, when you're, you know, in practice and just kind of planning for the, for the tournament, you know, how you're going to tackle it. So, and then you just take your, your best five from both days. So it's just five fish total, you know, your best five from, from both days. So it's pretty cool. neat. I mean, you yeah. can, you know, like a buddy of mine, he slept in uh, Sunday morning, went to Waffle House, and went out and got on a spot on chicken and got second place. <laughs> so he didn't catch a fish on, on Friday. But I'd love to have that kind of luck. I know, it's right? just don't work out. I mean, you can't talk. You put, you put a beating on these guys. You have that luck. You are that luck. You need it, to, like, like, shake hands or, like, give me some of that blessing or something. <laughs> Got a lucky hat you're wearing I can buy from you or something. <laughs> I'll send you one, man. I'll, I'll send you some shavings off my boat. I keep keep losing plastic off of it somehow. <laughs> hey, I'll glue it right on the bottom of mine because I have the same problem. <laughs> what, 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 what kind of boats are y'all in? I'm in a Hobie PA-14 180 drive, so. Yeah. Uh, or reliable. Except 360. Yeah. 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 I thought I fished 180s up until this year. wasn't wasn't real sure if I wanted to go 360, but kind of glad I did. I I would say that it's not like a must have, but it's it's definitely nice, you know, especially in current and stuff like that. It's that's way our kayak shop. I work for Music City Outdoors over there in Nashville, and when people are trying to decide whether they want to spend that extra money, and, and you know, I, I tell them it's you know the 180 drive did so good for so long, like it's not that it's oh, yeah. not worth it. And but no, it's yeah. great boats. Yeah. Well, uh, whichever one of y'all want to, for people who's listening not familiar with it, someone give me or give us and everybody a breakdown of Lake Chickamauga. What was it? Um, you you won't go, Justin. You can't. <laughs> well, how many times have you been there? I've only been there three. So <laughs> I've been I've been there. I go about three times a year. Uh, uh, you got more. I have a love hate relationship with that lake. Everybody does. I do. <laughs> yeah, tell, well, tell us about that, Nathan. Well, you know, in June, the ledge bite is typically what wins tournaments. But as we are in a kayak, you can't run a start you 250 up and run 
two or three miles down the to the next ledge and so on. So it's 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 hard to find a good ledge bite in a kayak. So that's why I devoted all my time to shallow. And I know I think Justin's the only one in the top ten to have fish on a ledge all tournament. <laughs> Did, did Christine? I think she fished ledges. I'm not sure. No. She fished shallow, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, did she? Okay. Yeah, yeah. At Midway USA, we know the AR 15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR 15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR 15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, Log on, and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So what's the what's the shallow setup like? You know, grassy areas, long yeah. flats, lots of points, backwaters? Yeah, a lot of a lot of flats. That's what I was targeting all week, weekend. You know, was it the the bluegill spawn is going full? Yeah. And then um we're just now starting to get in the Mayfly hatch. Yeah. So I seen a whole bunch on Neely Henry last oh, weekend. It was man, you know, boat, yeah. Yeah. they they had hard on Saturday on Pickwick or Friday, I think it was at Pickwick. They were everywhere. Yeah. Do you do you live out around Pickwick, Jimmy? Uh, close. I live right off of Wheeler Lake, so oh, okay. It's forty five minutes to Pickwick, forty five minutes to Gunnersville. You know, twenty minutes to Wilson. I live like I'm right in the great spot for this He's section in Athens, of the river, right on the other side of the border. Yeah, for some reason I thought you guys were were based out of uh, up north somewhere. Uh, Mm-mm. So a a lot of Palin Finn guys are Midwest, but we're we're both Alabama. I'm I'm down in Hoover, like south of oh, okay. Birmingham. Yeah, sweet man. Yeah, yeah he's I'd closer know. to Coosa River Fisheries. I'm right off of a uh, TVA, but I'm only about an hour from like Smith Lake. So yeah, yeah, you're right there in the in the midst of it, man. <laughs> like I've literally like my but some of my buddies they're like, why do you travel? Like, there's no reason. And they're right, because yeah, no. I do way better around here. I don't know why I go anywhere. I'd love yeah. to, add, like, if I can move my wife to North Alabama, that's where I'd be, too. Uh, I love it up there. That's yeah. Good. yeah. All right. What, what so, I, oh, go, go ahead. I was just going to throw in what, you know, what I, what I thought was interesting about Chick compared to some of the other, you know, uh, Tennessee River Lakes is, like some of the big pockets and stuff are a lot different. Like, you know, Pickwick and Kentucky, like you have these massive wide open, you know, coves and creeks, you know, that you can go up in. But a lot of with, with Chick, you got a lot of real small, narrow creek channels that just, you know, open up into these wide, you know, and, you know, embayments that, uh, that turn into big flats. I've always kind of looked at that as kind of a, a challenge, you know, a different set of challenges to like, you know, Pickwick and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know, Ethan, maybe you, you might can weigh in on that, but, you know, I, I've, I've kind of all looked at it like, you know, they're just kind of like funnels that just it funnels yeah. them out there a little bit faster. It does. Um, you got those great big grass flats in the middle of the channels, and it's just, yeah. it funnels them. You know, yep. I can agree with you. Yeah. That's I haven't ever been the chick, but looking at it on the map, that's exactly that. Like, I, I'd rather fish the flats and, like, 
pinch points and stuff like that. And that definitely is something that I don't see as much on Pickwick because most of your, like you're saying, it's it's either you know big open bay area or it's like you go from ledge to back of creek very fast. Yeah. And I can honestly say I've never really like caught them like funneling in or out. They're either back there or out in deeper water. And that is yeah. it's tough. It says a lot about Chick that um, it's so pressured, but you still will catch 200 inches in two days. It's yeah. it's crazy. There's, <laughs> it all, had, there's yeah. always a 200-boat tournament leaving out of somewhere. Yeah. It yeah. shows that the conservation, like the, the fishing game, you know, take yeah. care of their water. Yeah. I mean, that's the same yeah. reasons Texas lakes are, you know, like OHIV saw what 12 teeners this year in a week and a half, 5 million people on that lake and still putting out just giant bags of fish. It just, Man, I, th- I think it's got a lot. It, it, it just has such great habitat too. That's it. Especially yeah. chick and Gunnersville grass, good bait. That yeah. grass is key, man. That's yeah. <laughs> if they'd stop think... spraying Gunnersville, it'd be fantastic. Are they spraying Gunnersville? They hit parts of it again. We, we went, it was like a month ago. A little little hot spot my buddy's got. The grass was up, like already up and beautiful compared to anywhere else you went on the lake. You know, we fished it like two separate weeks. It was fantastic. Went back there two weeks later. He sent me a picture of it. It looks, I mean, it looked like a dead brown mud hole. Everything was di- had died. And the only thing I've ever seen do that's spring. So, yeah. Well, that was, that, that's what I, I, I'd seen some of that uh, in practice on, you know, uh, Wednesday and Thursday at Chick. And I, I was really, it was kind of discouraging me because, you know, of course that happened to Kentucky Lake. They sprayed off all the grass and stuff. And I started seeing all that brown grass in areas that guys have done really well in, in the past. You know, Cody Milton mm-hmm. and some other guys have sat on these spots. You know, they're just grass humps and stuff. Um, and everything that I was seeing on those spots was was dead and brown. I was like, man, this this better not be the whole lake. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to suck. But. So, Ethan, you want to tell us about your practice, man? Was it um I got there Wednesday morning and um I was went to this spot, the big grass flat that I actually fished both days in the tournament. And um I got back in there and there was three boats fishing the same stretch. I was like, gosh, can't believe this. So I I started to do what I do best, skip a bad boy jig up under a dock, and bam, a nineteen and a half. Went to the next dock that was shallower with more grass caught another one that was equal to that size. I'm like, I'm getting out of here. And um, so that was day one. Went about as good as you think you could. <laughs> and uh, after that, I struggled all. I went offshore, couldn't find anything. Um, went back shallow to different areas, nothing. And uh, I was like, I really didn't want to go back to where I went because I know that area and it's a very popular spot. It's one of the yeah. most, one of the most pressured spots, and I, I tried and tried to find something else, and I could never do it. Mm. So I just went with it. <laughs> just because you mentioned that you checked offshore, are you, uh, are you, you got a live scope set up? No, sir. No, that's going to be added to the kayak here soon. <laughs> Don't, do you, do Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just because that's we're like... on, the, I wanted to bring the topic up, and it was a big topic you know, in the, on the pro side of things all week yes. because of Pickwick, do you, do you think that that could be a major player of not being able to compete with people that do have it? Or 
do you think it's just an extra tool that you could use to your arsenal? I think it's just an extra tool that you can use to find them. Yeah. And you, you can't get them to bite. It, it actually, I know a couple of friends that have it and it makes them more frustrated when they can see them. <laughs> I got to use it for the first time this weekend. And I definitely like, when you look down, you're like fish, you yeah. know, for sure. A bunch of fish. I still can't catch the damn things. <laughs> like, but like my, my buddy that it was on his boat was pointing out, he was like, well, if anything, you can eliminate water. Like, yeah, yeah. you could be like, Ooh, that looks like a good spot. Nope. never mind. Like yeah. nothing there. That would be the only way I would use it is just a tool to be able to cover more water more efficiently. That was us. We couldn't like, I guess it's just cause you're so used to doing things one way. Yeah. Like we would turn it and you'd see the fish, but we'd never look down at it and like, you know, watch the bait or like, we didn't do any of that. We would like, I probably would have had a cool catch that we could have recorded. We, I was fishing a deep diving crankbait on a bridge and got just smoked and it ended up being like a 15 pound catfish. <laughs> and I guarantee you it went right across life scope. We never looked down at it. I'm sure it would have looked yeah. you know, like a whale going by that little camera, but <laughs> Justin, how, how about you? Uh, so practice um, thought process was pretty similar to Ethan's, you know, I was, um, you know, kind of torn on the ledge deal, same reasons, you know, it's, it's just, it's challenging and not always promised that you're going to find, you know, um, you know, multiple schools that are willing, you know, that are fired up, willing to bite and stuff like that in close proximity. Um, you know, and I've just, I've had the experiences where you're, you're paddling, you're pedaling or paddling out to a spot. And then here comes a bass that just beats you. And they you beat know? you too. Oh man. Yeah. That, yeah that's, I, that's the most frustrating for me. It is. Kind yeah. of lead fish. Yeah. And that has happened to me quite a few times on check, you know, I mean, Pickwick too. I fish that a lot, but uh, so, you know, just, just knowing that, knowing it's first of June, I'm just like, man, you know, I want to be out there. I, you know, that's my jam. I love to do that. But um, I just, you know, I, 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 it's kind of been a weird spring, you know, we've kind of had some cooler weather that's, you know, a little late. Pro- yeah. yeah. Prolonged. And, um, I just, I kind of felt like, you know, I could maybe get up there target some, um, some bluegill, um, spawning and, you know, there might still be a little bit of a shad spawn and the main fly hatch, all that kind of stuff, you know, just kind of keeping some of those. And then I know chick has got a lot of grass in it, you know, so, you know, you, you can always catch them up shallow, you know, if they're on chick, um, same, you know, same on Pickwick, but, uh, you know, started on Wednesday. My, my thought was like, well, I'm just going to spend three days scanning. And if I don't find what I'm looking for, then I'll go fish shallow and just cover a lot of water. And, um, so started out at the Chickamauga dam, you know, looking at some deeper stuff, uh, just kind of some more kind of off the wall ledges, not really the, the big honey holes and, uh, just kind of made my way up the river. And then, you know, it was, uh, it was Friday, last hour and a half so you know hobie that you know they shut off practice at four on yeah. friday and uh it was like 2 30 i was sitting there looking at this spot i'm like man should i put in or should i just go to the house well you know and decided to put in motored out with my, uh, my motor guide and you know got on a on a spot and it was you know still a community call i mean it's it's hard to to get around those you know because they they're community holes for a reason yeah <laughs> let, let, and ledge fishing specifically like yeah like you look at it from any angle like that's i'm trying to think of how they put it when i was watching the elites but it was like 90 percent of fish and 10 percent of the area so obviously everyone's going to be on those 10 percent yeah. areas yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it sets up that way a lot. I mean, a lot of these places, they're, they're not secrets. I mean, you know, you, you got some anomalies like uh, yeah, I've seen like how the one that Greg Hackney won on Pickwick, he, he found like an off the wall, you know, school just piled up in a creek ditch, you know. Um, I so, love that spot, too. You're yes. About. I, I love that, I love, I love <laughs> that area. Yeah. I triangled that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's the same area that uh, – uh, that Lester was fishing this weekend in the Elite Series, right? It's where he started, was it? Is it? Oh, yeah. I, I, he, that, I, he would he would start there, and he'd have his limit within the first forty five minutes, and he would already have like seventeen pounds, and then he'd that, leave it. Yeah, that ledge all along that area. I love that whole area. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so. that's a good spot. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you brought that up. That the man knows his uh, knows his bass history here. I like it. Uh, no, I, I, I study these ledge tournaments, man. I love yeah. them, but. Well, you know, just so, because you were talking yeah. about that, you know, like the pressure, I noticed again, back to, to boat guys, more of them, like being okay with guys coming in with them to like, like a uh, Brandon Polinick, like somebody rolled up and was like, you care if I jump in? He's like, sure. Maybe you can help me get this school fired up. Do you, do you th- think that it could be like that? Or obviously I doubt we'd ever see the boats let us roll up with them. Cause most of those guys just don't like us for some reason, but like, <laughs> Like if you rolled up and Ethan was out there, do you think you could use that mentality? Like maybe we both can just get these guys fired up or do you think your strength is just kind of hitting it by yourself? Uh, you know, guy like Ethan, I would say, yeah, come on in, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, come on, shallow water guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I won't cool, catch one. <laughs> no, he's a cool dude, man. Uh, but no, I, I've heard that too. I, I haven't actually used that tactic with somebody. Um you know, like, hey, pedal way over here two miles. You know, they might be like, yeah, I'm good on that, bro. You know, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to save true. my leg. <laughs> but no, I, I, I definitely know what you're talking about. And I've seen the elites, you know, do that as well. Um, but, man, you know, that that takes, you know, a, a tight-knit group of people that know yeah. each other and stuff to for that to work. Because, you know, I mean, talking about, you know, history, uh, you know, on Chick, when, when I can Ellie rolled up on KVD, he was like, bro, you have you're, not you're, been over here. This <laughs> is a community hole. You're not yeah. part of this community. Yeah, you haven't been here, Ike. So, you know, I don't you know. know I forgot about that. It's oh, funny. So on, on Low Budget Live today with Luke Duncan, uh, this week's episode, he was talking with Swindle about the same thing, how, you know, we see it, we see people do it, and it's, they don't know all the behind the scenes stuff of, how they might already have something worked out of he hates that people think they just roll up on each other and it's, it's cool because it's usually not. And they either have, you know, they either edit it out or, you know, if you're watching the hour long show, not the live, but they, they might, you know, they know other people, they know what's cool and what's not. They have an yeah. agreement, but some stuff, some people get there. There's a whole big topic we're getting into but a lot of that stuff is so disrespectful but some of it too is like like somebody posted on kbn something if you're fishing a bridge or like a known community hole you you have to know what you're i mean you know you have to expect some respect but also you have to know what you're fishing if if you're fishing that something something somebody else is going to get on you can't own a bridge, you know. Yeah, it, no. That, right. Brian, Brian knew went into the ed, ed, etiquette of that. Like, yeah. there's certain places you know it's going to happen, but please have the common courtesy. Like, don't troll straight through me. 
Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't cross. Come around me. He's like, he's like, come around me and spot lock and touch boats with me. As long as you don't drive straight over it, that's fine. Like, I get it. Yeah. 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 Don't, don't, don't blow out my spot in front of me. But, you know, there's a right, there's definitely a right and wrong way to approach that. But you don't, uh, some places you just don't own, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Public landowner, baby. Yeah. But how, what, so if you're, so you had a good practice, you found something offshore, kind of a community hole. How do you, how do you rig up for that? Because it seems from a boat, like I came from a boat where I could have 20 rods and I would have, you know, the hair jig, the big shaky, the, the big spoon, the football jig, the, what, you know, the swim bait, the, whatever it is where I just have all these boats, I all these baits I can rotate through and then I can go, you know, have a little milk run where I'm going from spot to spot, spot. And then just trying to see, you know, just trying to find the active fish. Yeah. How do you do that in it from a kayak and be successful? Uh, I haven't way. figured that out yet. This is like <laughs> real. I'm really asking this. No, Please, yeah. Tell me the secret, uh, dude. I, I I went out rigged up with twelve rods. Honestly, okay. um, uh, I mean, so in practice, you know, I was throwing um, uh, my one of my favorite baits in the summer is the striking eight inch bullworm. The, I can't say I mean big fish. I've called that thing. I, I yeah. mean. I love the zoom old monster, but something about that tail, I think in the way it falls, it just kind of like does, does a number like that. It's a great, it's, it's real thick. Like it's real it's thick. Got more yeah. Mass to it, 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 yeah. yeah, it does. I mean, it's, it's a great bait uh, for flipping in lily pads and grass like that too. Uh, yeah. I've done that numerous times, but um, I was doing that a lot, man, in practice and they were just kind of nipping at it, you know, um, Jimmy's you tell, it down. Right. <laughs> Bull worm. Sorry, bullworm man, that's a good that's a good deal. <laughs> I'm a 10 inch Berkeley power bait worm guy, power worm. Okay. But I'm always up to try something new. Yeah, but uh, but you know, it, it. I just think you know, it's it sounds cliche, but you know, you, you just let the fish tell you what what they want, and you know, it seemed like um, it seemed like they weren't really wanting a lot of dragon stuff on the bottom, and and really the spot that I was fishing kind of demanded a, a vertical presentation. So I had a drop shot rigged up, surprisingly, you know, and uh, threw in there, man. They they just started biting it. So you know, I just I went in, I went into the tournament Saturday, you know, fully expecting and prepared to to throw the drop shot, um, but but still took everything with me because you know day to day it can just it can change. So yeah. I, I've I've been in that situation where I'm like, yeah, I'll leave that rod in the truck or at the hotel, and then I get out there, I'm like, dang it. That's how I feel about my frog rod anywhere. I don't care if I'm fishing in the middle of freaking ocean. If I don't have my frog rod with me, I will find a reason to have it. Like, like, oh damn, he would have bit that frog. You know, I I don't know. That's like my, yeah. Like I took it with me this weekend. My buddy was like, "We're going out on the ledges. What are you gonna do with that?" I was like, "Shit, I don't know. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) You never know." It's like if the ledge bite don't work, we're going frog fishing, and we actually did. So, mm. so what? Did did yeah. you think it was vertical because how they were setting up was it like like they were suspended off the bottom a, f- a foot or two or are you just that that's just what was working? Uh, it was more or less the the structure that they were on. Um, pretty much the only way you could fish it effectively it was you know with with a drop shot. Um, <laughs> I'm, I don't want to sound like a douche, man. I don't want the, the spot. If I gave up the exact thing, oh no, like, no, oh you're, man, it would like no, you're you're, you're totally hold your, give hold, your hold it close <laughs> no, to you because God no. knows people will take it from you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and it's it's not a secret. I mean, it's really not. You know, well, it's so. secret to most of us. So no, keep 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 but, your stuff, man. No, no problem. But it, you know, it's uh, you know, it just it was just that was um 
that was just the best bait for for that particular spot. That was all it was. So this will be a. I'll ask both, and I'll let Ethan chime in on it first. But mm-hmm. with with ledge fishing in a lot of places, current is key. Um, as was shown this weekend, Pickwick didn't have current, which made everything tougher. Is it the same thing with Chick? And and just because of how you described the flats you were fishing, I know, you know, fishing flats on other lakes, when that current kicks on and off, that does change how that setup is, you know, especially if it's a funneling style area. So do, uh, what's your thoughts on that, Ethan? Well, the, the, when they're pumping a lot, they tend to, to go up in the secondary creeks a lot on mm-hmm. Chick. And um, was it anything above 20,000 on Chick? is good good ledge bite if it gets above 40 they start going up in them creeks into the secondary points and all that um during practice they were pulling anywhere between 40 to 46 thousand and i think that's what killed a lot of people's bites because the day of the tournament they only pulled 26 thousand i think and so it repositioned a lot of the fish and it screwed up a lot of people's plans <laughs> it's kind of crazy how yeah, in, in the numbers watch out you I know like it's it. it's crazy how in the summer that you know a lot of people and i used to think this way too think summer summer bass when they go to their summer haunt that's like that's where they're at you know yeah. but you learned like you just explained it's amazing how much that affects yeah. their shift in movement they'll run i i never under i heard some of the the announcers from bass talking about how far a school of fish will move based on water from like from ledge to ledge. Like it's, it is crazy how much that pump station affects everybody's day, day to day on like, it, that's just mind boggling. And, and they'll go from like bank to the middle stuff, to the deep stuff and then back up and down it. You know, it's a, you think about being on like a vertical bank where they move up and down, depend on something, but it's even the same thing offshore where they'll, you know, just depend on the day and the current, they'll go like, you know, horizontally to different areas, not, not just up and down, you know, mm-hmm. that's one thing back on the live scope talk that, uh, they were talking about live scope has been a great tool for learning that is that, f- uh, fish aren't moving how originally they thought a lot of biologists are, you know, we think that they're moving from five foot in the water column down, you know, that in particular piece of structure. And what they're actually doing is they're staying at five foot, but moving off of it 50 yards over nothing. You know, it's stuff that they Mm -hmm. didn't think that traditionally they did. So I I just, that was a cool little like nerd moment I saw the other day and was like, oh, write that down. Even the shallow (laughs) water. Not it's going to help me. (laughs) Even the shallow water bite, like on the docks, I've always found that if they're pulling a lot of water, they're on the front of the docks. If they're not, they're on the back. Yeah. Damn. See, I'm not that smart. See, you got, you're, you're letting me know I got a, a lot of holes in my game. <laughs> I need to start paying more attention. The, yeah. Those, those bigger fish, man, they'll, they'll sit up on the front side of those current breaks. Um, mm-hmm. it just, when it splits off like that, it provides just a, a real small current break. Um, I, I've caught a lot of big fish, you know, on the Tennessee River, fishing the front sides of docks and islands and stuff like that. I think it's just so, them, them big girls, you know, they don't, they get in those little small areas. They don't have to fight off all the other or contend with the other smaller fish. You know, they, that's kind of like, you know, their little nest egg they can get in and nothing yeah. else is there. They tend to be lazier. They don't want to fight that current all day. Yeah. Yeah. So Justin, day, day one, you had 97 and a half. I'm sure you're looking at the leaderboard till it shut off. Did you quit fishing 
or did you lay up or what how how do, how do you know how to manage your fish from day one day two or is it just i'm burning it out both days man i you know fishing tournaments for me is is also it's just as much of a vacation as it is a competition so i'm out there all day dude i mean you know there's no going back to the ramp early for me (laughs) but uh you know so the the first spot produced um produced a limit and i had called it a 20 plus off that off that hole and then uh once i located the second spot the better spot um that i called out my four smaller fish and then you know i Fished it a little bit more, you know, just trying to kind of get a gauge of if there was more of a population there. But uh, I didn't, I didn't really, I wasn't really beating up on it very long. After I got my fourth call, I got out of there for the most part. And, uh, you know, my, my backup plan was, was what Ethan was doing was fishing docks. Uh, I had caught a six, uh, about a six pounder off of a dock on Thursday. And um, so that was my backup plan. There was a stretch of docks pretty close, about a mile down the river. So went over there, fished it. it. It didn't have the right depth underneath it. So, um, you know, it wasn't, I didn't really spend very much time there. And then just kind of went, you know, fishing some shade lines and stuff like that up until um, up until 2.30. Ethan, how, how about your day one, man? Well, my day one, I had a little bit of a, I was fishing the Tennessee Hammer event, the joint event too. Yeah. And um, that was a points event for the KBFTM. And so I, I really wanted to save my shallow water area after I got my limit, but I, I wanted to be competitive in the KBFTN Tennessee hammers. So I continued to fish it a little bit more. And, um, I started the day off with a popper, that pop R, the old classic rebel bluegill color. And, um, got that 22 and a half off of it. And um, my whole limit came off the popper every day, both days, within 7 30 8 o'clock and after that i would move off to the docks once the sun got up and started heating the water and then i would go and um, flip the docks with a jig and a um, wacky worm and just kept hitting that i never really saved an area both days Uh, i was really worried leading into day two i wouldn't i've done caught all the fish but yeah yeah you know, talk talking about your 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 dock setup, and then since Justin mentioned that was kind of his backup plan, like I don't want you to give up any of your like maybe your your secrets to it at all, or but like what kind of depth range were you looking at relatively to you know like like Justin said uh, that wasn't as deep as I was yeah. you know as I was needing for it to be set up. What, like what kind of range are you looking at with the if I if I'm flipping or skipping a jig, I usually look for. Um, five to 12 foot. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm skipping a wacky rig, I'll look from anywhere from a foot to like five. That's, that's my mainly. And I look for grass. That's where I, I caught most of mine off of docks with grass behind it. They were hmm. coming out of that grass and eating it. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by John Browning. The 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. 
Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com And what's your go-to jig setup? Yeah, I was about to say, what's your jig jig setup? My jig setup is a bad boy jig, like a three-eighths ounce. That's my favorite. And um, either black and blue or just a classic. I'm a classic guy, green pumpkin. Same way. Um, Paired up with a torrent (laughs) outdoor timber crawl. That's my go-to setup. Um, Paired it with a uh, a ALX toad face. It's a seven-foot-two medium-heavy plus. It's got a really good tip on it to where you can just skip it a mile. And it's got the backbone to, to pull the big the big fish out of the docks. So there you go. I fish it what? the same way in Gunnersville and everywhere I go. So. What, which worm do you use for a wacky rig? I usually use, um, I got two that I love, the Torrent Striker 6.0. Torrent, I've, then, I've never even heard of them. Yeah, Torrent Outdoors. It's a local bait local? company. Yeah, and, yeah um, I've heard of them. Hendersonville. Cool. Um, check them out. They're an awesome. They have they have a few colors, but every one of them that he don't go and make all these colors that don't catch fish. It, you know, Zoom has hundreds of colors that catch the fishermen. Instead, I'd hate to see the Zoom catalog. Like, I would too. <laughs> Good yeah, God, would do it. <laughs> and yeah. a, a lot of places even custom order stuff. Like I yeah. know I used to live in Clanton, and they had like a couple of colors that just they had. You know, I'm yeah, a big believer yeah. in you simple. Know, it ca- yeah, <laughs> it catches the fishermen more than fish. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I, right. I was on Tackle Warehouse the other day, and when I went to the the Yamamoto Cinco because I was looking to order up because I use black and blue, green pumpkin, black flag. Yeah. That's it. And it said 127 color options, <laughs> and it pisses me off because I have to scroll through 50 of them to get to just the one I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and my is. other go-to wacky worm is the Gary Yamamoto. Yeah. You, the I mean, only you, thing I hate about them, beat that thing. Nah, the only thing I hate about them is you only get about two fish. Yeah. Man, I had one uh, last weekend. I got seven fish in a row out of it, and I like unhooked oh, wow. it and I just put it in the cup. I'm like, I'm gonna hang that one up somewhere. Like that, yeah, that yeah, one's that's built trophy. different. <laughs> <laughs> Do any of y'all use that VMC? The new, um, like it comes with the pliers with the new ring. Oh, the silicone oh, tubing instead I've seen of the, that. No, I haven't used it. I yet. have not. I use um. I, I take a little it. piece of clear heat shrink oh, and take okay. a torch and and heat shrink. The only thing is you got to sit there and do a hundred of them yeah. all at once. Yeah. <laughs> I know Big Bite, they they have one of them. I, I, I think it's called the like the Wacky Nico and it's got mm-hmm. like a built-in O-ring in it. I thought that'd be cool too. But I, I haven't. No. I, I usually just do the old school O-ring just because it's I have one I, when I buy something new, I buy way too many of them. So I've got O-rings like coming out of my ears. But uh, <laughs> I've I've learned now, like especially with Cinco's, man, like those uh, if they're cheap O-rings, they'll like if they've been in your kayak for a while, they'll shrink, and then they'll you'll you'll go skip that Cinco, and that thing will just break in half because it's pinching it too tight. Yeah. Hey, that makes know. me more mad than anything when you start with a Cinco and you get back with a Ned rig, basically. You never get back the half with the freaking Nico 8 in it either. That's always no. the first thing that's gone. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. 
All right, Ethan, how, how about your day two, man? Day two started off the same as day one with a popper. And um, I had my first fish within, I think, 10 minutes of the turn lines in. It was a 19 and a half. And um, continued on down the just a grass flat in four foot of water. And uh, I caught all my limit. I caught two 19s and a half and 18. And I caught a, like a two smaller ones. And um, I decided to switch to a to a swim bait, a weightless swim bait, just ticking it over the top of the grass. And I'd actually watch them come out and eat it. It was almost fishing it like a topwater, like a buzz bait. I caught a few like that. And then identical from day two, I, I saved a few boat ramps or boat docks that I went and hit on day two that I did not do on day one. And that's where I caught my... Um, two other um, keepers that I kept for day two total, and I caught them off a of, um, jackhammer in a bluegill color. I went over a few bluegill beds that they were spawning on, and I was like, oh, well, I, I seen it on my side imaging. So I cast it over there, and bam, hit one, went to the next bed, hit another, and got another one. So I, I ran that pattern for the rest of the day. Just because you you throw in pop R, are you you old school and you're throwing it on spinning setup, or do you throw it no, on a baitcaster with light setup? I have a baitcaster with a um, um, it's an LX Rosa rod. It's their topwater mm-hmm. rod paired up with a um, it's a Daiwa Tatula. I, I use um about a foot of mono, like twelve to sixteen pound, depending on like grass. I was using seventeen pound mono. Mm-hmm. Just enough to keep it, the braid from hitting the hook, hanging up on the hooks. Yeah. And then being that it's 16 pounds, I wasn't, a lot, I was not really worried about breaking them off in the grass. So, no. Yeah. You know. <laughs> there you go. Justin, how, how about you, man? Yeah. Hey, uh, did, did you get any sleep at all? <laughs> I got a little too much sleep. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it was it was actually just perfect, man. I've I've learned over the years when when my body it, it, when it needs more sleep, man, it, I I just won't wake up. Uh, so I I had the alarm set for three. Um, that didn't work out. Woke up at five, and uh, nice. I get all the stuff out of the hotel. Yeah, it was chaos. So, you know, I'm sharing a few words, and then I'm getting all my stuff out the out the hotel. Skip the Waffle House and. Uh, just went straight to the ramp <clears throat> and um you know i was i was really thinking when i got there that you know because it, it happens all the time where people that don't do good on day one you know they go to the spot where they you know like the popular area or just a different a completely different area and so i was like man i'm gonna get there and it's just gonna be loaded i mean the boat ramp was was pretty small i mean the parking was very minimum so um but fortunately when i got there there was only three guys there so that was it was that was awesome so uh get out there and i was i was kind of torn you know whether or not i wanted to start on the the first spot uh that i started on on saturday or just go straight to the better spot uh but when i got out there there was a bass boat sitting on the first spot so it just decision made decision (laughs) made exactly you know and so uh you know i'm pedaling out there and you know, is the, it the, did, was it a big run, like a long run to find out there's a boat on it, and then a long run to your second spot? Because that just sucks if that's what happened. 
No, I could, I could, I could see it from the ramp. Um, okay. Whether, whether or not, you know, somebody was on there. Uh, not trying to give it away. It just, no, you're good. Wondering. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was a little odd. It, I couldn't tell at first because uh, there was just one little light. I couldn't tell if it was a light like on a, on a boat dock or something like that off in the distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I get closer and closer and, and I could tell there was a, a bass boat, but um, second spot wasn't, wasn't too, too far from there. So just made the pedal on down and got in there. Uh, and I, I gotta just give props to my buddy, Brandon Palmer, man, my roommate, he, uh, he had a, a just a scary amount of, uh, confidence that, that my spot was going to reload. Cause I'm sitting there Saturday night, like, dude, I don't know. I mean, these fish move around a lot. You know, I knew the current was basically going to be lack thereof on Sunday, uh, no wind either. And that's, that's what was helping position my fish mm-hmm. on Saturday, you know? And, um, so you know, he, he had me convinced. So you know, got in there, and and fortunately enough, they were, they were hungry, they were biting. But you know, when they say it's when they say things are just going to happen when they're meant to happen, it usually lines up. Because if if the bass boat wouldn't have been on that spot, I would have stopped there. Because you know, you just mentally you know there's fish there. I can get my limit, you know, and then go to the second spot. But if I would have stopped there first, I probably would have missed the window on that yeah. second spot. Um, Cause man, you know, we had a little bit of cloud cover there for a little while. Didn't we, Ethan? Um, yeah. I want to say the clouds kind of lingered around a little while. So it, it kept the, it kept um, the area cool and uh, kind of kept the, the pressure down. And um, you know, and when I got in there, man, they were, they were fired up. They were ready to eat. So same, same deal. Uh, were you like same, same bait catching them or you having a cycle, you know, cycle through to get them going or. No, they were, uh, through in there with a the drop shot, you know, and, and really the, the, the creek channel, it, you know, I couldn't really throw it. I mean, unless I lined up to throw just coming down the pipeline of the channel, mm-hmm. uh, cr- the creek itself, you know, I could have thrown some, um, crank baits or something like that. But I mean, I had, I had the confidence in the drop shot. It was working on day one and I figured, I honestly figured that on day one with as much current as we had that crankbaits, jigs, your traditional ledge stuff, you know, would have worked a lot better. But I think the way that it was set up, you know, the Creek channel emptied out into the river channel and you just had walls of grass on both sides. I mean, the grass in there was thick and uh, I mean, it was coming up to about maybe four feet below the surface, you know, and it was about 15 feet deep, you know, in the channel itself. But just completely bare, and so they were they were tucked down in there. I think some of them because I was catching on both sides of the channel next to the grass, but then some right in the middle. There was a single stump right in the middle of the channel that they were kind of you know hunkering around. But I think that they were just sitting there, just kind of nosed out of the grass, just looking for stuff to to swim by in that channel, and then also on the river channel, and then uh, just kind of coming out and eating it. Because I would I would catch one over here, a big one over here, and a big one over here over there. It you know they were just they were all up in there. So I think that, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was unreal. <laughs> Just so for, for a little drop shot tips this time of year, um, what kind of like distance are you going, you know, wait to wait to hook? I, I know it, it varies so much through the year and water temperature, but like what yeah. was working for you summer drop shotting? Um, I, some if I can if I can see them on the graph, then I'll try to just kind of gauge based off of the distance that they're you know suspended off the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I usually uh, I don't really get too too into that. I, honestly, I, I, mean, I don't throw a drop shot very much at all. 
I mean, I'm a baitcaster type of guy, but um, this 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 rig is like about an eight inch uh, separation between the hook and the uh, and the weight itself. Nice. It, that drop shot's always I've always liked it just because there's like so many ways you can fish it. You know, yeah. like small circle hook and nose hook in the bait. You can use power shot rigs. Um, if anybody watches tactical bass, which I guarantee you most of us have, like those guys showed me punching with a drop shot, which blew my mind. Like, yeah, just so it's just a cool, versatile bait. And I always like to get everybody's take on it. Cause there, I mean, like, I don't, there's not two people that seem to do it the same. Like everybody's got their own little something different to it. Yeah. Yeah. Weights. And a lot of people go, some people go lightweight, heavyweight, different. Like I use a spin shot hook big you know like different kind of hooks different kind of worms and you know that's the one thing and, i don't throw yeah, tungsten yeah. on like yeah. you know t- oh, tungsten yeah. and braid yeah. for 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 contact i don't worry i don't know why but like all of my confidence with a drop shot is me just making sure it just sits still and yeah. i can just slowly come across and feel the tension i'm not as really worried about like oh that's a rock that's a rock that's gravel like i, I don't know i just with a drop shot that's not what i'm doing it with so i like you might see me instead of going and buying those bigger weights, I'll tie three of the same weight drop shot weights on the bottom of that bad boy and fling a freaking Christmas tree of weights out there. It don't bother me at all. <laughs> Works. <laughs> I, I was contemplating that, man, because I had I was using a, a quarter ounce uh, lead drop shot weight, and uh, I, I mean they, they were so violent with it. You know, on Saturday I lost uh, probably I was getting low on on weights and hooks, and I, I didn't bring in my backup hooks with me. So I go to the tackle shop and all he had was was uh, uh, eighth ounce and three sixteenths, and I was like, man, you know, I don't know, you know, you, you know how it is. You like you get in there, like everything, like I want it to all be the same, you know. Yeah. Right. So I was like, dude, if I have to, I'll just I'll just tie a couple of tungsten weights on there, you know. I've I've, I've done it, man. Like if like I'm trying to think of where it was, somewhere I was at, you know, the current got moving and you just couldn't feel the bottom anymore. So, I mean, I will, I'll throw two or three of them, but I'll have three quarter ounces of weights tied on the bottom of that bad boy just to make it hold to the bottom. Yeah. But I caught fish doing it. Are you, are you yeah. like small circle hook or are you using like a long round, uh, round bin or offset uh, shank? I was just talking about on my show. So this, this is the one that I use. It's, um, Katana. It's made by Katana hooks. It just kind of got like a kind of curvature to it. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think Gamagatsu makes one pretty similar to it as well. Yeah. But sweet. Well, that's awesome. He put down the the hammer on everybody. Uh, You know, congrats, man. That's thank you. Like you said, things line up, um, and and that lake's the lake that it can happen on. Yeah, I was just fishing for second place. (laughs) I I made that comment, and I never mean that disrespectful. But I, I, at the same time, I like to give, like when you see something like that, you're like, no, dude's got it. Like, it's just. Hey man, yeah, sorry, I was, that's yours. <laughs> I, I, I would not have put it past Ethan or anybody to roll up on a spot. I mean, it, you know, my thought was if I could find a spot like this on Chick, there's got to be a better spot. 10 other people did too. Yeah. 13s <laughs> and 14 pounders swimming around in there. That, that, that's the thing about Tennessee River. You never feel safe, no, no, no matter what no. you have. It's somebody can always catch me. There's something stupid swimming out there. You know? that, like, even, you know, Brandon Lester had a, a, a own pickwick again, just because it was a ledge bite thing too. He was even saying it because I mean, those guys don't know because they don't see the leaderboard, but he, he's been whacking them all week and he kept making the comment. Well, we're probably not going to win this tournament. We're probably not going to win this tournament. 
And it's like, yeah. dude, if you only knew how much gap you've put on these guys and like it's at the end of their day and he adds a six pounder to his freaking <laughs> like his limit. Man, we may not win this tournament, but it's been a good bite. And it's the same yeah. thing. You know, you're probably like having the best day and still like doubting it. Like, nope, Ethan's sandbag. And I know it, you know, Christine's got, you know, 25 inches of five well, she, fish. She was the only one that was not submitting fish on Sunday. She had a 91-inch <laughs> bag on Saturday. I was like, mm-hmm. here it comes. Yeah, That's all. She's, then she showed up to the awards. I was like, Man, okay, here we go. Yeah. But, you know. Worked well, out. We, we appreciate y'all, man. We don't want it's been an hour. We don't want to keep y'all on too long. Uh, and but before we let you go, we want to give you a chance to shout out anybody makes fishing easier for you. Ethan, we'll start with you. Start with Rogue. Start with oh, Rogue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was it Rogue Fishing? Probably one of my biggest sponsors since I work here too. <laughs> so they, they fund all my expeditions. And <laughs> but uh, also I'm on Team Bad Boy Jigs, they've been really good to me. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Um, Mark over there and he lives in Kentucky. So, um, and then Torrent Outdoors, John Nelson is the owner of it. He, um, been really good to me. Um, they make, um, timber crawls, tungsten jigs. They have a few of those. They make a stellar Ned rig bait. It's weedless and, um, check okay. them out. And then, uh, I'm not a sponsor of them, but motor guide has been a, the XI three, has been a game changer for my fishing, being able to graph ledges and and um, the spot lock, being able to to set on a a ledge, that's been a nice addition. So that's everybody, my family, and most importantly, the good Lord. <laughs> so, Amen. You know. Amen. Yep. Appreciate it, Justin. How about you, man? Yeah, man. You know, I have a a deep appreciation for from for the people that support me, man. You know, because they don't have to. You know, so I, I really appreciate my sponsors and uh, Battleborn Batteries is my title sponsor. They also sponsor my my podcast Lines In, um, make lithium batteries, and you know, I was using uh, 100 amp hour, getting like 13 miles off that thing with the, with the motor guide, uh, full throttle and wind and stuff. It's it's insane. Um, so greatly appreciate them. Um, and then S.Y. Wilson and company, uh, Hobie dealer out here in uh, West Tennessee. David Best is uh, one of my travel partners, and the guy will bend over backwards to, to help you out and get you what you need. He's, he's delivering some kayaks to a guy, to a couple of guys out in Arkansas this week. So, uh, you know, he'll, he'll literally go the distance to, to take care of you. Um, Corky's Barbecue. If uh, if you're ever in the Memphis area, man, we, man's got barbecue sponsor. I like. Dude, it. we're we're I'm known jealous. for for our murder crime out here and barbecue. So you know, come <laughs> I was going to say music and barbecue, but you're probably right. <laughs> I think murder pyramid. and barbecue. Yeah. And we're number one in crime right now. So in <laughs> the ho- the ducks at that hotel, whatever that wherever that is. Oh yeah, Peabody. Yeah, Peabody. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, there, there's there's a lot of good stuff, man, here in Memphis. Uh, and these these guys know how to do barbecue. Corky's has been around for a long time, and 
Um, the owner, he, uh, he, he's fished some kayak stuff. So he, you know, he, he's a good friend of mine and, um, has supported me. So I, I really appreciate him. And, um, Katana hooks was using the drop shot, you know, hook this week. Uh, my buddy from, uh, little Miami outfitters, uh, makes the Proteus rods and, uh, he's, he's a kayak guy himself making some awesome rods. You know, I mean, a lot of guys out here in West Tennessee have started to buy them from, uh, from our tackle shop and they just love them. So, uh, Big shout out to him. And then primary tackle, same shop as S.Y. Wilson. And then Black Bass Tackle Industries. They uh, a couple of guys. Jimmy Washam is one of the owners. He's uh he's one he just won the MLF title uh last year up on the uh, upper Mississippi. Him and another guy, they just they make some awesome jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits. Uh I think they got, you know, the Demiki rig and I mean they're just you know, Tennessee hammers themselves, so they know the Tennessee River. Um, and then small town Basson, um, he's, uh, he makes some killer, killer hand poured swim baits, swim baits. He used to make some three inch ones that I've got, but now his specialty is this six inch, uh, gizzard chat. It's got a rattle in the tail. It's got a big boot tail. Yeah. And when it, when it goes side to side, mate, you can hear it. And I mean, it, it really calls them out, you know, even that dirtier water. It's, it's a awesome bait. So, where can people listen to your uh, your podcast. Yeah. So we're on Facebook and YouTube, uh, lines in yak um, looking to get on Spotify and some stuff like that soon, but you know, uh, we're, we're in our first year, uh, of, of doing lines in. So just been having some fun with it just, you know, kind of finding our niche and whatnot, you know, but what, what kind of shows can people uh, expect from, from that? What kind of topics do y'all cover? And yeah. So, um, you know, it kind of started out as, um, uh, kind of a, a local type steel type deal, but we've, we've kind of expanded, you know, we talked to guys, um, that, you know, down in Venice, you know, red fishing. Um, we, we talked to some TWRA guys about the bill dance signature lakes and stuff like that. Uh, you know, we do, we, we catch up with some of the people that, uh, that are winning tournaments and whatnot, but you know, like we talked about before, there's, there's a lot of competition with that. So, but, um, yeah, man, just, you know, a lot of topics, you know, if, if you want to learn a little bit about Pickwick and stuff like that, man, listen to us. Cause we're always talking about Pickwick. Uh, uh, my co-host, he has a ton of friends that have been fishing this area for, for years and years. So we're always, you know, chatting with some folks that, you know, drop some, drop some juice on Kentucky Lake, Pickwick, you know, areas like that. So that's my, my, my favorite lake. I'll, I'll definitely be listening. Okay. Sweet, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all and uh, good luck the rest of the year. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Y'all have a good night. And uh, I know I just got the banner up, but for everybody that happened to see that pop up, that's watching it, go follow these guys, follow Justin at Justin Patrick fishing, follow Ethan, Ethan underscore jet underscore fishing guys. We appreciate it. And we will catch y'all next time. See you guys. Sounds good. See you later. All right. Good show. It's yeah. cool. I can't. I can't think of another kayak tournament I, I, that was ledged one. Because you know, Josh Deal last year, the Pickwick one. Yeah, the Bass Pickwick. He he did the same thing. I, I'm pretty sure it was wire to wire ledge vent. Like if if man, it's so hard to find that. Like a couple of spots that are close enough that are going to hold enough fish that don't have too much pressure. It's so hard to do that in a kayak, but. Whenever you do it, that's right. And then on, like, I think about it on Pickwick because, like, me not being an expert, but, like, really paying attention in the last couple of weeks, like, on Pickwick, there's just 
so many ledges like and that's where yeah. the people are it's not like, i was shocked to see so many of the pros out there that weren't with other people you know yeah. so but awesome and congrats to those guys killer event uh like always got a few tournaments to go over real quick not too many so we'll hit them real quick uh first up the buckeye kayak fishing trail on raccoon creek 55 anglers five fish limit first place chris hannigan with 85 Second place, Joel No with 77.5. Third place, Kevin Sams with 72 and three quarters. Uh, next up was the event that was going, or it was like a series of events going on with uh, the Hobie on Chickamauga. It was the Tennessee Valley Kayak Anglers, KBFTN, Watts Bar Kayak Fisherman, and the North Alabama Kayak Anglers, uh, and that Tennessee Hammer event. It was uh, 113 anglers, three fish limit. First place, the man Adam Riser, 59 and a half in that one. Second place, Christine Fisher, 58 and a half, who, as we said earlier, third place overall in the Hobie BOS. And third place, the OG from NACA, Mr. Nate Mayfield, with 57 and a quarter. Oh. He caught a donkey fish right out of the gate up in some skinny water. Uh, so, congrats to those guys. Uh, next up, the All American Kayak Series on Lake St. Clair, two day tournament. 25 anglers, five fish limit for each day. First place was Mike Coleman with 197 inches, which is fantastic. Second place, uh, Tyre Fletcher with 190 and a quarter. Third place, Joe Camiotti with 186 and a half. Uh, moving on from there, we have the, the Foothill Anglers of North Carolina um, in Hickory, North Carolina. They had five lakes to choose from, 29 anglers, three fish limit. First place, Caleb Perry with 50 and three quarter. Second place, Gustavo Benintez with 50 and a half. Third place, Joseph Scarlett with 50. Uh, next up, Southern Illinois Kayak Club on Little Grassy. Yeah, Little Grassy. That's pretty cool. Little, 25, grass. little Grassy. 25 anglers, first place. Uh, Darren Hemker with 77. Second place, Dustin Siegel with 74 and a half. Third place, uh, Reese Schneider with 73 and a quarter. And that was a five-fish tournament, so it was a little bit of a tough bite out there. Uh, next up was the Kayak Fishing Utah Bass Tour on Pine View. 68 anglers. First place, Cody Henley with 88 and a half. Second place, Bryce Gibbs with 87 and a half. Uh, third place. Say it. Say it. Cayman Rasmussen. Cayman Rasmussen, the best <laughs> name in the game. 86 and a quarter. And that was... <laughs> I wish my name was Cameron Rasmussen. I had yeah. him on my fantasy. It's the only reason I knew he got third. And that was also, there was a K, I don't know if it was two separate events, but I know that was a KBF event as well. Um, yeah. I think it was a KBF event and a club event, but same, same leaderboard for both. Utah kayak anglers. So yeah. Uh, and last up is the California Bass Nation event on Lake Comanche. 36 anglers. First place, uh, Griffith Garibrandt with 88. Kong Yang with 86 and a quarter for second and third place Shane Jones with 84 and a half. So congrats to everybody who kicked ass in the tournament this weekend. Congrats to the people that didn't forget out there and fishing anyway. Uh, anything to add to it, Bo? Half the teams that won in the KFL and the other half who had a bad day. I saw some stuff about that too. About, uh, <laughs> it was a lot of drama. Yeah, That's like some, some missed handshakes and sandbagging yeah. apparently is, I mean, I've always thought sandbagging was a thing, but it seemed to really have showed its face this weekend in KFL. Yeah, there, there was a, I know at least a couple of tournaments and, and we had 
like uh our guy coley i think the the donkeys donkeys i'm sorry sunshine state swamp donkeys i always think donkey slapper that's what my buddy calls a a big bass but uh yeah they like coley up (laughs) he put in like 170 inches worth of fish all at four o'clock like it was going from like you know the tournament was going from 12 to 7 and they're like we were right to right about to get off live and they were like holy crap you just uploaded like 180 inches it was like he didn't have service it's not like he sandbagged till the end of the day i mean there's well and that's part of it like yeah. people have to think about that with kayak fishing a lot of us go in places that don't have signal yeah. well that 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 one wasn't on purpose but i think there was a couple of other ones where it was on purpose yeah it was on purpose i think but. <sighs> well it sucks but everybody can get over it it's yeah gonna if you're not it's following never gonna it, man, stop. follow all the teams and follow I'm, I'm not trying to pump up kfl but uh, like there's some really fun s- stuff trash talk i know jigs and bigs on their podcast listen to this they're doing podcasts for the kfl once a week and that's also where they named the weekly mvp for the north and south and each one gets 500 dollars. Mm-hmm. but the um but there's they're having teams call in to talk trash to leave a recorded message about the team that they're fishing against. So yeah. <laughs> that's, so that's hilarious. Like, yeah. So it, I, I think that's going to be really fun to listen to, but a lot of teams love to trash talk. It's, it's, it's one of the funnest parts. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, all right guys, we thank everybody as always for being with us. Uh, we'll catch y'all next week. Have another great show and we'll see you then. Peace. Later. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddle and fin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures, your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jig Masters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. (laughs) Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. (laughs) The destination for outdoor entertainment. 
go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.